Welcome to another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They're the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Thank you guys for joining us on a wonderful Thursday. The weather's actually shit here, but it's okay. Thanks for joining us. We're about weather. to make your day better. It's a beautiful morning. We had a huge downpour we're, early. In 10 minutes, we were going to get hit by another thunderstorm. Oh, for real? Yeah. And I must have caught that glimpse because when I walked out of my apartment, I was like, I can tell it rained a lot. I heard it. <laughs> but it was like, it's beautiful. Sun's coming out. I was like, I'm going to get myself a freaking cup of coffee. Let's let's just have ourselves a day. Like, this is what I told myself. And I pull up and I'm just like. Was instantly. it out loud? Uh, yeah, actually, because it was in the parking garage. And I like to hear the <laughs> acoustics in there are just stellar. So I'll, walk, I'll be walking through the garage and be like, woo! Just get a little bit of an echo in there. I'm just like, damn. Right. Life yeah. is good. Obviously. Uh, there's a lot of people already joining us in the chat uh, today. So I, I love that. Uh, you can get involved there. Uh, again, call-in app, 10 a.m. Central Time every weekday. Uh, you can get this podcast. You can join us. You can leave your comments, questions, whatever you want to do. Um, and there were you know, already people asking, um, NFL Draft Scout asked, I've been waiting 18 hours to hear why BC is such a nice guy. I had a tweet last night. That said, that big country is such a nice guy. Yeah. Peek behind the curtain here. I'm tough to deal with sometimes. I know that about myself. I've got a little bit of a smart mouth. And I like to poke fun at people. And sometimes <laughs> I cross the line. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. You were having a day yesterday. Like, uh, <laughs> what do you mean what kind of day? At, at one point during the day, I think you got a little bit frustrated with all the jabs. <laughs> <laughs> it did reach a point where I was just like, you know, a break wouldn't be bad. And then you even go, I think you're going to need a vacation from me at some point. And I responded yes, like way too quickly. And I was like, ah, damn it. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that to come off rude. I, I get it. With, <laughs> and I'm not about to say like you're a kid. But my mom used to say all the time when we were little, just like, you know, I could just really use the vacation right now. Like just – Put me on a cruise ship and let me go by myself for a couple of days. And as I a think kid, you... I'd be like, what the heck, Mom? Like, why don't you just take us? And she's just kind of looking at me like, this is the reason right here. Because you still won't leave me alone after me straight up telling you I want to go on a cruise. I was like, ah, that's tough. <laughs> Without your little annoying ass <laughs> yeah. tagging. And I know, along. hey, I can be annoying. I know. There are times I, I try I not you... to be annoying, and I am. You've learned to put up with my bullshit. It's when other people bring their bullshit on top of my bullshit. Yes. And then it's... Bullshit, bullshit, It's like bullshit. yours is like I know is like just ha-ha fun, like go back and forth a little bit, but there's no back and forth because you win every one. And then Correct. it's like someone comes in over the top, and it's like, you know, you just don't want it from you two. <laughs> one person a day is good. Right. So I I tried to do better and put out a positive tweet <laughs> about, man, you're such a nice guy. But now I feel awkward because it's like, why are you complimenting me, fucking weirdo? <laughs> but at the same time, I should be very appreciative of it because you're not trying to scare me with some made-up ghost story. In my apartment for an April Fool's joke. Right. I do need to admit, I just speak up on that. I have had some weird experiences at night where I wake up and I feel like someone's staring at me from the end of my bed. Like, I don't wake up and look out my door anymore. Why not? Because I'm scared there's going to be some freaking little kid there with a knife. <laughs> and I keep thinking I hear someone knock on my door. Like, that's been happening within the last week or so. And it's been... Really? It's been tough. So, like, yesterday, Matt walked in. I was like, man, you look tired. And I was like, yeah, dude, I really am. Because I keep fucking hearing knocking, and it's creeping me out. I'm going to have to move out of the apartment complex. <laughs> Low-key, I'm kind of tuned up right now because I'm scaring myself. Just freaking, <laughs> Do I need to so update the cry sheet? Yes, I hate that I can just not lay down and go to sleep. I'm just like, there's someone fucking there. <laughs> um, huh. You brought that on yourself, though. I will say that before we well, get into it. Of course I did. I usually bring everything upon myself because karma's like, oh, you want to fuck around? Find out. Here we go. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Oh, you want you want to question him? He didn't do enough on April Fool's? <laughs> All right. You poked the bear. You woke him up. Now he's here, and he's going to scare the shit out of you with stories of little kids being at the end of your bed. 
Which, by the way, again, was not even true. <laughs> but anyway. No, but I know the story of your like daughter playing with you know her imaginary friend Jonas is, and that's where it's like, okay, has Jonas just been like hanging around with you because you've got a whole new bed because you felt like someone was sitting on your bed in the middle of the night. That's true. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, and so now it's just like, has this little effort been hanging around just waiting for you, and then you bring him up and throw him to me, <laughs> and he's like, actually, you know, I wouldn't mind a little change of scenery here. Uh-huh. Let's see what big country's got at the right. apartment. Yeah. I'm like, mm. You're right. It was that like a year ago or so, two, yeah. two, two years ago. I kept waking up in the middle of the night because it felt like somebody was sitting on my bed with me. Yeah. So homeboys shelled out the bucks, and I was like, I'm getting one of those beds where you can sit a wine glass on it. So like, maybe somebody's still sitting at the edge of my bed, and I just don't know because now I can jump on it and have a wine glass on the other side of my mattress. Nobody even knows about it. It's been fantastic. I've been sleeping like a baby. But also, maybe it just passed on to you. Yeah. You're a big, oh, no, I've opened up a door to something. Yeah, 100%. So when you're like, oh, I'm going to get a freaking Ouija board, we're going to do this. And then you just open it up on your laptop. Who knows? Maybe that's the, maybe they figured out how to travel through the internet now, and we're all toast. <laughs> I feel like that's another point of frustration for you is when I talk about Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, we're we're not going to. I try to be like very genuine and stern. I was like, I'm not like, no. Mm-hmm. And then I pull one up online. And, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then my curiosity gets the best of me. It's like, well, why don't you ask it this question? It's like, damn it. <laughs> and that probably opened the door. Probably. Or maybe it hasn't opened the door, but it sure as hell is knocking at your door. Dum, dum, dum. Waiting for me to open it up. And then it's like, oh, you welcomed me into this. We'll Literally and figuratively. Yeah. It's tough. And uh, I already told a story about my mom, and I shouted at my grandma yesterday. We got both of them in the freaking group today. Look at that. <laughs> Look at this freaking support we got here. <laughs> there we go. How about Sheesh. that? And I know they know, like, they know how terrified I am of this stuff. When we moved into our house out in the country... We moved out, and we went to look at the house in the middle of a thunderstorm. And the way the house was set up, there's, it's real. it goes like the width. It goes like long ways more than it does go further back. And so if you stand in the living room, you can like look down this long hallway, and then all the rooms come off of well, it. I'm well, I'm standing in that part of the house, and the storm, like a big thunderstorm, hits the power off. And my immediate thought is if there was something at the end of the hallway – that saw me, it knows I'm tall and is going to aim high. <laughs> so if something that's going to fly, like a demon, is going to fly through the hallway to get me in the living room, it's going to aim high. So what I do is I just kind of squat down a little bit. And so when the power turns on, everyone's looking around at one another like, oh, what's going on? And I am squatting to the floor, just chilling there. And my mom is just like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not going to get – like they knew I was high. Then I got low when it went dark. You can't see me. She thinks it's freaking hilarious. It's like her favorite story to tell. Me. Your like, thought process with this, on some things. That makes complete sense, though. It's like lights on. He's up high. It's dark. Lights off. Mm-hmm. He's not there anymore. Yeah. Start calling me Batman. You look over. Gone. I mean, if it was a demon, though, it could probably see in the dark where they live and dwell. So they're just like, why did he make himself a smaller target for me? Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Because those are real. Nocturnal. Nocturnal. Like, ghosts yeah. are, like, questionable. Demons are real, though, and they, they can get you. Yeah, but what's the difference? I don't think you're supposed to talk about them, though. Well, then that that I already story. told them my game plan. When the lights turn off, I'm on the ground. <laughs> right, now you're just screwed. You're in trouble. Man, in trouble. I never thought about, like, oh, it's dark, my element. I still see you. You still, like, like, get scared such at night. I put the... for that being, like, my train of thought. You put the blankets over your head still, don't you? <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, I'm safe under here. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> pray a little bit and then uh, you're fine pray the ghost away what you're trying to do over there anyway we do talk about sports uh, <clears throat> on this podcast too uh, and we had the Debo Samuel trade yesterday we were talking about it and then I swear like what was it, like 11.30 central time it became official Debo Samuel has requested a trade from the 49ers it sounds like it might be uh, depending on which channel you're watching actually um, why he once traded Problems with playing running back seem like the the problem, according to some people. Some people say money is an issue, but then other people will say money is absolutely not an issue. It's about playing running back, wanting out of San Francisco. Um, So I I don't know what to believe on that one. I do think that playing running back over those last couple games for him, including the playoffs, uh, 
did start to take a toll where he was saying, like, I'm going to do this because I'm a good teammate, but I don't want to. This yeah. is not what I signed up to do. I don't want to do this. And now I, I think that he's probably on his way out in San Francisco. Yep. And I mean, we kind of dove a little deeper into it uh, on radio yesterday here in Joplin because we were able to find out more news. And we looked up his stats. He spent more time at running back or started to get more reps at running back after about week nine or ten of the season. They really started putting him in that role. And when they hit the playoffs, it was about the same pace. And so you brought up a great point. It's like, you know, he might have had 10 or 11 rushes per game here through this part of the season. But he was probably back there a lot more, and they just weren't running the ball. So it just it takes away opportunities for him to catch the ball downfield or make plays as a receiver. So I get his frustration one hundred percent. I think other people have brought up the fact of like you know he's going to want to get paid. He's twenty six years old. This might be the one time or one opportunity he gets a big payday. It's probably going to be the biggest that. contract of his career. Exactly. He might get another payday, but this is going to be the one. And do you want that in San Francisco? Because you're going to lose a lot of it in taxes. Right. Or can you go somewhere else where, you know, you get to keep your money and, two, you get to be a primary receiver instead of being thrown all over the offense with Kyle Shanahan as a running back receiver duo? And it probably sounds stupid to talk about millionaires and being like, oh, they don't really care about taxes or cost of living. You're, you're taxed very hard mm-hmm. in California. So you are losing millions of dollars. And the cost of living in San Francisco is absolutely ridiculous. So I can understand being like, actually, financially, I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. Put me on the Cowboys where I don't pay state income tax or something like that. Um, So I do think that plays a part into it. And even just looking at the playoff games that they had last year, they played three playoff games. In their first playoff game, Debo Samuel had 10 rushing attempts, three receiving targets. Second game, he has 10 rushing attempts, four receiving targets. And I haven't, I haven't went back and watched them. I'm not going to either. Um, I don't know if those receiving targets, did they even come out of the backfield? Because San Francisco will do this. They'll get in the playoffs and they'll say, wait a second, we're not letting Jimmy G throw the ball. That's not our <laughs> game plan. Um, so, and even their last game, he had seven rushing attempts, seven receiving targets. Again, I don't know how many of those came out of the backfield, what was going on. Uh, but I do think that that is a point of emphasis where he's saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be a true number one receiver. I don't want to start being used more and more as this gadgety running back slash receiver. And if you're about to sign a new contract with a team, you don't want to get locked into that and then them say, hey, actually, we are going to use you a lot at running back. Because once you sign that deal, good luck getting out of it. And if they start playing you more and more at running back and you really don't like it, that's a tough spot. So I don't know where he's going to go. It it seems like yesterday um, after we stopped recording the podcast – Every team in the NFL was interested in Debo Samuel, which I think they should be. But the realistic options, I don't know that there are many out there, even you know us as Kansas City Chiefs fans. I don't think that that's a realistic landing spot. I, they have the draft picks. They have the money. I think that they're trying to acquire receivers in the draft. I think they want to go young and cheap. And I saw it on Twitter yesterday even. Somebody said, would you rather have Debo Samuel at age 26 getting paid Twenty-five to twenty-eight million dollars over the next four to five years, or would you rather draft a wide receiver, trade up for one, and then you're paying this receiver three, four million dollars a year? Yeah, <laughs> that's and cheap. You might be able to get the same production if you hit on the right guy. And some people yeah. might hear that like, "Oh, it's you can't rely on a rookie like that." Look at Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Chase over here with the Bengals. It's just it's one of those situations where like some of these guys can be an impact right away in the first round. If you can get that this year, especially with teams like you mentioned, the Chiefs, the Packers are in the same spot, so are the Cowboys and the Saints. These teams might just go, actually, we'll take the risk on getting the right rookie receiver in here instead of having to trade for this guy, give up a ton of draft stock, and then pay him a ton of money. Right. Because who knows? Maybe it's just Kyle Shanahan is getting the most out of Debo Samuel in that offense. Debo may not like it, but you're getting the most out of him, and it helped you become an all-pro this last season. So it's, again, one of those situations, if he goes somewhere else and is asked to just be a receiver, is he as effective or dynamic in the offense? The answer is probably a yes, but we don't know that answer yet. Right, and some, some of those teams that have been rumored so far to be interested in him, uh, the Jets have been tied to a lot of receivers so far this year. It sounds they like they might be to? one of those teams. They also noted just people use the Jets all the time. Mm-hmm. For like, oh, hey, I actually have interest over here. 
that's the Jets. Look at Tyreek Hill and that trade of, oh, you know, the Jets might want me too. They're going to pay me this. No. Um, the Texans were another one rumored yesterday that were in the mix. It might be after him. They've got a couple first-round picks It kind of makes well. sense. I don't know. I've just been seeing Debo as a Texan. Like In my mind, that makes like a lot of sense. Yeah. It works out for him. Well, they don't really have a lot, and in terms of receivers, just Brandon Cooks is about it. The Nico Collins kid out of Michigan dealt with an injury last year. You have Chris uh, Conley. I don't even know if he's on the roster still. Excuse me. But like receiving-wise, you don't have a lot, and you don't really have anything that terrifies other defenses in your division or just in the NFL alone. You get a guy like Debo that changes, no matter who your quarterback is. And if you believe in Davis Mills, which it feels like they do, give him some targets. Yeah. Like last year he had next to nothing, not a great offense around him. So maybe you do start to experiment and get some guys that are actually good at football around him. And if you have a couple picks that you're willing to move off of, Go do it. Uh, another team that was very popular yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that would be a great landing spot for him. Yep. And opposite of a guy like Devontae Smith. And then again, same narrative. You have a young receiver, surround him with good players. Yep. And the Eagles have Devontae Smith. They have uh, the tight end, Goddard. Yep. He's pretty good. Miles Sanders, when healthy, is pretty good. Offensive line, not bad. But why not use one of those first-round picks if you can? You still, you I mean, trade, they have two first-round picks next year. Would you trade a first and Jalen Rager for Debo? In a heartbeat. Okay. I, I know he's probably going to take more. Trash. He 100% is, and I'm not trying to say that it's like Jalen Rager is a stud, but, like, you're probably going to have to get rid of a player. And so, you know, the other side of that, too, is if you're the San Francisco 49ers, would you be interested in receiving Jalen Rager? Nah. That's probably not. I've yet. never – I hate to shit on a guy. I've never liked him. He's he's a great athlete. The one problem that he has is a big problem. He cannot catch the ball. (laughs) So, like, I don't care how open you can get. If you can't catch the ball, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that is his biggest issue, which at the receiver position, that's kind of the thing you need to be able to do. And I know I said yesterday when we at one part of radio, I was like, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Baltimore Ravens, I liked because, you know, they both each need a playmaker like that. And I think Debo would be great, but I just don't know if they'll pull the trigger on it. I feel like the Eagles are one of those teams that's like, actually, you know, we'll just try and build this team through the draft. I feel like that's kind of been their mindset lately. They haven't really gone after any other players. If they go after Debo, it's going to be a change of pace. And the same thing with the Ravens. They're so good at the draft of like, that's fine. We'll just go find Debo again this year in the draft. That's what we like to do. But if you're the Texans, it's like, we have 11 picks this year in the draft. Let's just try and sell some of them and buy something. Let's see if we can try and buy a team while also drafting it. Because we also don't know how great these guys are in the draft. We haven't really got to watch any of their draft picks develop yet over the last two years. Maybe here you just a guarantee, like, okay, cool, we got a player. We know we have this at least. Yeah, and with Philadelphia, they've got 10 draft picks mm-hmm. as well. And obviously, I've already moved off one of those draft picks. They had three first-rounders moved one of them to New Orleans. So I do think that maybe you look at it and say, all right, if you want 18 and they have 51 in the second round, that feels like a little bit much for Debo Samuel Mm -hmm. considering what Devontae Adams went for. So, but maybe, I mean, you can play around with other scenarios where maybe it's 18 and 83, which would be a third round pick or, you know, they also have 101 in the third round. So I, I don't know. Uh, in, uh, at NFL Draft Scout. Philly and Houston have quarterbacks on rookie deals, too. So they probably have some money to spend yeah. as well. And so I like those fits. And for me, I, I root for Jalen Hurts. I've said that a lot before. So I'm rooting for him to get good skill position guys around him and having Debo Samuel again out there. And I, I think a lot of teams would probably want to talk to him and say, like, hey, we saw you a lot at running back last year. What do you think about that? Might just come out and say no. And maybe that hurts his value a little bit because he's telling you he doesn't want to do that anymore. But I would still take the chance on him as just a legit receiver. I mean, he's still a very good receiver. Um, but also, you have to find out what does he want paid? How, mu- how much does he want? That could be a big number. That could scare some teams away. But he's still pretty young. Uh, and I got Devin asking in the chat, if Debo requested a trade sooner, do the Dolphins still trade for Tyreek Hill? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I, mainly because that's where Tyreek Hill wanted to go anyway. So he pretty much picked Miami. I don't think Miami was out searching for receivers. It was more of a deal like, wait, he's interested in coming here. Cool, we'll make a call and kind of see where Kansas City's at. And then once Kansas City realized, eh, it doesn't matter what we offer him, he's just 
he wants the thirty million and he wants to be in Miami. Yeah. I mean that We're deal happened have to, fast. It really did. So it's like we'll just let that happen. It's rumored that he wanted out, and then like four hours the later, other team he was, he was set to go to as well. That was Jets. like, mm, look at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew the answer. I just wanted to go ahead uh-huh. and rub it in Jets fans a little more. I was out there You're trying to make Browns fans happy last night too, uh, because I I had tweeted out you know Deshaun Watson request a trade. The Texans are like, nope, we are not trading him. Same thing happened with Odell Beckham. Like, nope, we're not trading him. Browns traded for him. Ooh. Debo Samuel requests a trade. Team says no, we're not trading him. Maybe he goes to the Browns. I don't think that really happens. Also, can we talk about the fact that my tweet finally came true? That uh, last week I put out like, oh, there's big news in the rumor mill, and then it comes out yesterday that like Debo Samuel requested this trade like a week ago. Uh huh. Some people bought into it. Oh yeah, some people. some people just straight up calling me out. And but here, it's a win-win for me. I can't lose because even if you're reacting to the tweet, it's like, yeah, you just don't get the joke. Yeah. So I'm not even really taking offense to it. I had a couple more people message me yesterday about it. <laughs> and I was just like, no, it's like part of the show. Like it's you know, kind of an inside joke with all of us and the listeners. And the guy was like, that is actually fantastic. And I was like, cool. Thanks for listening to the show. Because now he said he's going to start. So what up? Yeah, but I'm going to do it again. It will not be the last time. <laughs> it was too exciting. And it took a while. Honestly, I was starting to worry. And then I thought, well, we'll just see. Like People will forget about it. And there was stuff that would happen throughout the week where I'm like, that's not big enough. Yeah. That's not big enough. But then yesterday, it's like, oh, okay, here's my chance. I did it. The we one did tweet it. where uh, he responded is like, oh, wow, because you just gave so much information on like vague. And I was just like, that's perfect. You are the target audience. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was fun. We'll see where Debo goes. Um, I still I like the Eagles as a fit. Uh, one thing we talked about yesterday, I don't understand why the Ravens aren't in on every receiver possible, especially ones that are like, get me out of here, mm-hmm. go to the Ravens. Is it because they just value the draft so much? I mean, they're good at the draft, too. So it's like, hey, actually, you know, we're, we're right here at 14. We could trade that for a receiver and give it up. Or at the same time, we can get a right tackle, solidify that for the next four years on a cheaper deal, and then just hit a receiver in second or third round, excuse me. And, you know, they might just still be curious to see what happens with the receivers that they have on roster. They did take uh, Marquise Brown in 2019. They took Rashad Bateman in 2021. So maybe they're just still – maybe they're happy with those guys and saying we've got some good, cheap receivers. We don't want to throw a lot of money at a receiver, especially for a team that runs the football a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think you also have to ask the question, how many running backs do they need? Do they need another one with Debo Samuel? They already have Lamar Jackson. That's true. They already have J.K. Dobbins. Boy, you're going to piss some people off. <laughs> and yes. they, have, they have 10 draft picks. The Ravens scare me, of, dude. With five of them in the fourth round. They're going to throw those away and be like, cool, we're going to come up to the third and second. Maybe. It, it wouldn't surprise me. They've got some questions along the offensive line that probably need answered. Uh, I do think that they should take at least one more receiver. I also think they like Devin Duvernay quite a bit. Mm-hmm. A little receiver, yeah. like slot receiver type out of Texas. He's been solid. But, man, if I, were, if I were running this team, I would try to get maybe a little bit bigger body guy in there. Yeah. Like, if they're not looking at Drake London or Christian Watson, you at least need to experiment a little bit. Look at them. Take a deep dive into their tape. Because Drake London, if he falls to 14, you Ravens got to snatch him up. That would be huge for them to, you know, to compliment a guy like Hollywood Brown. Rashad Bateman, we'll see what happens with him. I knew he was hurt a lot last year. But I, if I were the Ravens, I would at least be exploring getting some of these big body receivers in there, especially with 10 draft picks and if you feel like you can move up and get some of these guys. But, I mean, we're a week away from the NFL draft, which is very exciting. And it's also cool because you really you still don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident, pretty confident about who the number one pick is. At the same time, this is the least confident I've been in years. Because you see everyone's mock drafts, and it's just, you know, you don't know if they want to be different or if they are maybe hearing something else, but it's like, okay, is it Trayvon Walker? Is it Aiden Hutchinson? Is it actually going to be Thibodeau after this entire time? And the Jaguars just like, weird. we actually really don't know, so we're just going to kind of tell everybody something different. Or we do know, and uh, the general manager's like, actually, I don't want to spill my tea this time. I'm not going to tell anybody, so nobody really knows. It's tough. I, like, I'm not confident that it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, but we'll see. 
one week away, which is very exciting. And usually, you know, I can remember the last two or three years talking on various podcasts about, yep, once you get that first pick, now, now everybody knows the second one. Now we know the third one. I don't even know the second one. Not 100% confident in the first one. Nope. Confidence meter on the first overall pick, I'd put it at like 69%. Nice. Yes. Number two? Zero percent. Yeah. No idea. No clue. <laughs> no fucking clue. <laughs> That's going to be. I don't even know if the Lions will be drafting there. I think uh, they should trade back. Really? I also don't like this draft class at all. You like, you could probably trade back if you're the Lions and still get one of those really good corners. I'm not a huge Trayvon Walker fan. I'm not a huge uh, Thibodeau fan. I really like Jermaine Johnson. I really like Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. You don't need to draft those two guys at number two overall. You can move back to four or five. Yeah. And they six. have they have nine picks with five of them being in the first 100. So, I mean, you can do a lot there. And if you trade back from two, you get even more. You call the Panthers every day and try to convince them to draft a quarterback at number two. Like, hey, come Come get your boy. Trade up to number two. Malik Willis sitting right yeah. here, Bob. He ain't going nowhere, especially if you come here at two. You send that accidental text to somebody within the Car- uh, Carolina organization. And be like, Man, we really love Malik Willis. Oh, shit. We didn't mean to send that to you. God, that is How do so you guys good. feel about him, though? Like, send you, it to the- <laughs> you text the wrong Matt this time. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. Matt right? the Panthers, oh, Matt the is, Lions. This is so embarrassing. Now you know our draft board. Um, well, I, I got you I, here. You I had the traded. logos next to as your like image, and it's just the blues. I kind of got mixed mm-hmm. up there for a second. Yeah, so we'll see what happens uh, with that one. Let's mention some of these great sponsors that we have, though. And then let's get into one of these mock drafts that was put out um, yesterday or the day before. Uh, but go visit Roper Kia. A uh, great place to buy a car, hassle-free buying experience. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. All you have to do, tell them that you heard about it right here on Mike Up. And again, if they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it and mention us at Mike Up. They'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do that with Gunspot.com. Yep. Now let's get into some of these mock drafts. Uh, Peter Schrager, I don't, I didn't realize that he put out so many mock drafts, just to be real honest with you. I guess I usually just live in the realm of ESPN. It's kind of a change of pace. And the million draft writers that they have over there now. (laughs) I don't know how good they are, but they've got a lot of them. And then usually just like Daniel Jeremiah, but I don't know. I didn't realize Peter Schrager was putting out mock drafts. But he did. Uh, He put one out on the 19th, so just a couple days ago. And it's different uh, with his. And again, like uh, we were talking about earlier, not being super confident with who the number one overall pick is going to be. His number one overall pick is Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, uh, where everybody else is kind of picking Aiden Hutchinson to be that guy. I don't know. I, I know that Trayvon Walker had some really good testing numbers in the 40. He looks like a great athlete. I do question him because he wasn't very productive at Georgia. Mm-hmm. And you, it's hard to kind of come up with an excuse on why you weren't because there's, what, like three first-round guys on that defensive line? Right. Like, I mean, was he just – was he getting to the edge quickly and so people would suck up and then, you know, the defensive tackles would or, make plays? Could that be it? Like, I'm, I'm not saying – In like years past, you had guys habit, like but. like Chase Young who was dominant, and then people would point out, like, wait a second. He disappeared in this game. He was being triple teamed. Yeah. Trayvon Walker was not being triple teamed. He was not being double teamed because there were so many guys on that defensive line. And so I don't know what the answer is there. I really – like just to be honest, I haven't watched much of his tape – yeah. But the lack of productivity is concerning. And we'll see what the Jaguars do with a guy like Trent Baalke being their GM. It feels like Aiden Hutchinson is maybe the safer pick, but also at the same time, maybe Trayvon Walker does boom. And it's like, oh my gosh, you didn't get a lot of sack opportunities at Georgia because the SEC was still running the football a lot or yeah. 
You know, maybe he is seeing a lot of double teams, but maybe he does blow up and we, you know, no one's questioning this. But it does sound like, and even according to this mock draft, uh, that Trent Baalke, the GM, is leaning toward Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Which, again, is super exciting. I love that we don't know. That yeah. there are a lot of people out there that are saying Trayvon Walker could be the first pick. And then the Detroit Lions, if Aiden Hutchinson is there, they're sprinting that card. Oh, I mean, you are so ecstatic. It's like, yes. Mainly because, like we just said, it's the safest pick. And if you're the Lions, you want a bunch of safe picks. You want guys that you know are going to come in, work hard, do the job, and be a foundational piece for years to come. That's what you're going to get with Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, again, according to Peter Schrager, looking at his mock draft, Detroit Lions number two overall, Aiden Hutchinson, even says this is a future 10-year starter up front, mm-hmm. and I believe that too. Yep. I don't know if he's going to be the second overall pick, but I do think Aiden Hutchinson is going to start in the NFL for a very long time, and he's going to be productive. I don't know that he's going to be one of the top sack getters every year, but I think that's okay. And when you look at this draft, it it's not a great draft. I mean, the quarterbacks are bad. In an average draft, I don't know if Aiden Hutchinson's a top 10 guy. Really? Just, yeah, I don't I don't know. And it's kind of weird. I think the offensive tackles are so good in this draft. And they're going to come off the board pretty early. The first one at number three, Iki Aquanu. I think that the three tackles in this draft are good enough to go one, two, three. And I don't honestly just I don't know why they're not. Yeah. <clears throat> like the the Jaguars, they should be taking, in my opinion, Evan Neal. That should be a no brainer. And then when you look at um Detroit They've got Penny Sewell. They've got who's like Decker over there. Yeah. You've got some solid guys. Take Icky Aquanu though. Protect whoever you're going to draft at quarterback next year or later in this draft. Throw him at guard for a year, even if you need to, until he slides over to left tackle. And you've got an amazing offensive line. And then the Texans, yeah, you should be taking an offensive lineman as well. Yep. But and the fact that it's Icky Aquanu who is the first one to come off the board, and then. You know, at four, it goes Kayvon Thibodeau to the Jets, which if you're the Jets, you love that as well because you get a guy who's been right there at the top as potentially the number one pick for pretty much all of, you know, since the draft ended last year. It was like Kayvon Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, and now it's like, well, actually, you get him here at four. Works great. Maybe your luck is turning. And then it goes Charles Cross at five to the Giants. And the one thing I noticed with that, Evan Neal's still on the board. I know, yeah. How do you go for, like, it's just, is there something we don't know? You go from number one pick, and now you're getting mocked here to eight by Peter You know, there was, a, there was a lot of talk that he was battling injuries. I wonder if that has affected his draft process and people looking at it and saying, ah, we don't really love that. Uh, he, he has Evan Neal going at number eight. I've seen some other mock drafts over the past week that have him going, like, number nine. Yeah. So he's, uh, you know, kind of in this last run here, he's seen his name dip to where – he did used to be the number one overall pick favorite. He lived there for a minute, and then it looked like it might be Iki Aquanu. Uh, but we're seeing a, a lot of shakeup. Again, I love it. Can't yeah. get enough of it. But also these quarterback position, this quarterback position, Kenny Pickett going number six overall. I, it could happen. And uh, Peter Schrager doing this mock draft, This he even says, that's what I'm hearing. So you, you can't hate on this guy for that, but I absolutely hate that pick. But I think the the Panthers might do it. I do not like Kenny Pickett. I just think if you're the Panthers, you almost need to trade back and just say we don't know what we're doing at quarterback. We're yeah, just, maybe so. I mean, you, you have your next pick is not till round four. You're going to wait three rounds to try and build the rest of your team. Now, granted, you do have a running back. You have a decent offense. Like I'm not even going to talk about your offense line because I really don't freaking know it. You have good receivers. You have a solid defense. You're missing a quarterback right now. You also just don't have anything else to draft. So do you take a quarterback here and say, F it, we're going to roll with it? And Matt Rule is like, well, hey, next guy's at least going to come in and maybe get an opportunity to quarterback, but everything else is ready to go. Do you remember Cam Irving? I think he spent some time with the Chiefs. <laughs> Freaking piece of garbage. He's, He's a left, left tackle. tackle. Yeah. <laughs> take any pick, he's going to die. <laughs> right? So he's maybe step on his ankle, and there it goes. Maybe explore that left tackle position a little bit and – Maybe. Or trade back, like you said. Like the fact that they don't have a second or a third round pick is going to be tough as well. And, man, I know that we've talked about it a lot, too. At first, I loved what Dave Tepper was doing with the Panthers, and I thought, like, they are going to be good. Yeah. This team, you get Matt Rule in there. They're doing cool things. 
Um, off the field even, players love him. You're going to get free agents signing there. Uh, Matt Rule was bringing in all of these old Temple guys and guys that he coached before. I thought the Sam Darnold thing might work. Mm-hmm. None of it has. None of it. Hand up. I believed in it. I yeah. was a Sam Darnold truther. That guy's just not good at football anymore. I still think the Carolinas have an opportunity to be good. I just don't know if it's going to be with Sam Darnold as a quarterback. I don't think so. But I also I mean, don't know that, at that this, Kenny Pickett's your guy. If Let's say Charles Cross falls here. Evan Neal falls this far to six. You Do you just take him right there and say, all right, we're going to give Sam Darnold another opportunity. We've already picked up his fifth-year option. Let's just give him another year here to see what happens. I probably would. That would probably be Because at the beginning of the year, he wasn't bad. And then and, he hit that spurt of like, mm, what the hell is going on here, Sam? And then he gets hurt. And you have to have some conversations with that ownership group too if you're the, the head coach yeah, you know, or your GM and say, hey, if we don't pull the trigger here on a quarterback, am I good for next year? Like if we lose, if we you know roll Sam Darnold out there and we're really bad, but then we draft a quarterback next year, am I still going to keep my job? Yeah. Are, we, are we good? And some ownership groups, you know, or Dave Tepper might just say, no, we're win now. We've given you four years. If you can't win, we're going to have to discuss that regardless. And so maybe getting a new quarterback in there will help. But I, don't, I would take an offensive tackle with the hopes of, all right, we can either draft a quarterback next year or maybe uh, just a little bit of consistency around Sam Darnold would be good for another year. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, he's going to have another offensive coordinator, though. Yeah. I don't like to make excuses for quarterbacks, but that is tough. I mean, to be really with the is. Jets and their coach, old crazy eyes that they had, and then go to the Panthers and be like, all right, consistency. Joe Brady, Matt Rule, this is cool. Good receivers in here. And then, no, yeah, there's no consistency. Christian like, McCaffrey's actually, always hurt. <laughs> we fired Brady, and your offensive line's not good. Right. And Christian McCaffrey, huh, was down on the ground again. And much like you, those ghosts followed Sam Darnold to Carolina. You just can't get away from them. Maybe I should reach out to him. Like, hey, you know, we have a lot more in common than you think. I think you just have to draw like a big circle on the floor and light some candles. And then be like, hey, you're my star. Uh, yeah. Like, That's all we're looking for. Hey, we're Stand good here, right? Star. It's, it's like Matt Rule and the owner. Like, hey, like, we're happy. We're good. We don't need to talk about anything, right? You're going to be friendly with me, Jonas? Man, that's so terrifying. Yeah. Why, why you got to throw his name back out there? Just give him a second. Whose name? Nobody's name. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a couple other picks in here that um, don't necessarily surprise me because at this point I think I've seen it all. Um, guys like Jamison Williams, though, is another one whose name has been hot in the streets of late. Has him going number 10 overall. I believe that's the first receiver off the board, too. And this is a crazy one because at the end of the college football season, I think a lot of people would have told you Jamison Williams is the best receiver Mm-hmm. in the nation. She's going to be the first one selected. And then up until, like, I don't know, last week, two weeks ago, we were still exploring, is he going to be a first-round receiver? Yeah. Now it kind of feels like he's he has elevated himself again to, yeah, he's the wide receiver one. And that's just, it's been a crazy draft process. I don't know if I remember a draft like this, where so much has changed so late, where we're actually getting into April, pretty far into it now. And things are still changing. I'm, just, I'm not used to seeing that. But Jamison Williams going number 10. Uh, then you have Garrett Wilson going number 11. And a lot of receivers going early in the draft. And, you know, back to like guys like Debo Samuel, one of the reasons that people think that receivers are going to go so high in this draft is because of what the Jacksonville Jaguars did. Yep. And paying Christian Kirk so much money that that kind of reset the receiver market for even what these mid-level guys are going to get. And now teams don't want to pay those receivers. They would rather draft a young, cheap receiver. So we'll see how that plays out on draft night. I don't know if there were any other picks in here that like surprised you. It's different. I will say that, that this mock draft is a little bit different. But nothing too surprising to me that just jumps off the board. My guy Brees Hall going 25 to the Bills. I've talked about that one. I like that pick. Yep. Actually, but outside of that, it's... It's different, but it's it's not too different. It's not crazy. Yeah. And I will say here, the one that the one pick that's really confused me is at 17. He has Traylon Burks from Arkansas going to the Chargers. Yeah, I saw that one too. Like I feel like the Chargers are almost locked in on getting like a, a defensive lineman. Like, if Jordan Davis is right here, there's no reason the Chargers shouldn't take him. 
And they just re-upped Mike Williams. Yeah. And you Do still you have Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen. Also, I don't want to just sit here and like try and shit on this for a second, but he says Traylon Burks, or Burks, excuse me, is the prospect most often compared to Debo Samuel. Which is true. I don't. He did a lot of the jet sweep stuff, Traylon Burks did, yeah. out of the backfield, and he had some pretty big runs at Arkansas. I don't think that he's the same kind of athlete that Debo Samuel is. That's kind of what I was wondering. I thought he was more of just like a straightaway speed guy. not Because that's the one thing with Debo. Is he's going to get you from side to side, and he's going to get upfield quickly. He's going to get to that angle and just say, see you later, or to the edge, excuse me, be gone. Yeah, also, Traylon Burks is like three inches taller than him and weighs more by 20 pounds. Maybe that's the fact that Traylon Burks could be like 6'2", 235, and you're like, I'm going to put your ass in the backfield. But he he did take a lot of those little pop passes out of the backfield at Arkansas. He had 14 legit rushing attempts last year, mm-hmm. but again, some of those pop passes come in the backfield. Those count as a catch. But a lot of people have compared him to Debo. I don't quite see it, and I don't know that you're going to be able to use him like that in the NFL, but you know, maybe the thought process is, if you want to compete with the AFC West, you're going to have to score points. Yeah. And so getting another receiver in there, or maybe even if you continue to see him as like an offensive weapon, surround Justin Herbert with a lot of good pieces, and then address the defense later, it could be a, a really good pick. But I just I would go somewhere else if I were the Chargers. Yeah. But I'm talking to a microphone, not an NFL GM. <laughs> so what do I know about it? Um, one thing that I do know, is that the Great Place Club 609 is open and ready for you to attend their happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock. It's two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at the fabulous Club 609. Also home to some fantastic appetizers, and I talked about it the other day. I've been going to that place consistently, once a, once a week, I'd say at least, mm-hmm. for six years. This week, for the first time ever, I tried their... Uh, chicken Alfredo, mm. and it's some of the best chicken Alfredo I've ever had. Caught them on a good day. Check them out. Also great drink specials, like I said. Two for one, uh, $2 draft pours, great happy hour, funky art, great atmosphere. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So, again, downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Also, it is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to need your oil changed and your tires serviced. Make sure you get that done and taken care of right here in Joplin, Missouri at Downtown Lube. Did I say if that time? You said if. I don't know what I'm doing different that time around. Say it again. It's not a matter of NIF. That's NIF. I don't know. Maybe shout out to your mom and your GMA here and be like, hey, I have a speech problem. Ooh. It's not GMA, it's G unit. <laughs> Same thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, dog. I just got a NIF problem. You do. Um, yesterday was our 420 episode, uh, which was great. And we shared a couple um, stories of the highest we've ever been. And I requested that our listeners share some of their stories. And we got some good, some good <laughs> feedback. A couple different, the highest I've ever been. Uh, we're really good. And we're going to read those off and talk about them. Maybe even share uh, if we've ever had some similar experiences. Because I think I definitely have. Um, the highest I've ever been at a party in college with my friends after we hotboxed a room with a bong. Didn't know if I was going to puke or shit myself, so I laid in my friend's bathroom for an hour reading about how long it can take to come down and stop being high. I've puked twice from smoking too much, though. I've puked once from smoking too much. I will say, as a young kid, uh, too young to be drinking alcohol, I once convinced somebody that you could hotbox alcohol. Of course you did. <laughs> and of course you were able to pull that off. Was freaking out. And I was like, his name was Jake. I just out him because I don't think he listens anyway. And I was like, Jake, have you ever heard of hot boxing? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of know a little about it. And it was like, clearly, he, Jake does not know about hot boxing. I was like, well, if you're in the room or you're in, like, you're sitting in the car while somebody's smoking weed, like, you can also get high off of it. But alcohol is the same way. So, like, if you're standing around and a bunch of people are drinking, like, you're going to feel the effects of 
alcohol. He was like, no, like I'm not drinking it. It's fine. And I was like, no, but we're drinking it and we're breathing and it's around and like it's getting spilt on things and things like that. And he was like, I got to I got to go home. And I was like, well, Jake, actually, you're not going to go home. You're staying here, you're staying in this room. We we're at a house party. And this dude fully convinced he was getting drunk he to the point secondhand drunk or something. <laughs> yeah. He started acting like he was drunk. Oh, which man. is one of my favorite things that people do. Yeah. Usually younger people. I haven't ran into too many adults. They're like the act drunk. Usually adults. It's just like, Hey, get your shit together. Stop acting so drunk. Yeah. But I do. I've been to house parties before when I was younger. I saw one guy, they started emptying out beers or they would drink their beer out of a can It'd be empty. They'd fill it up with water and then go give it to this one guy specifically because they knew he was faking it. Mm-hmm. And he drank water all night. He had like six waters in a beer can and then pretended to pass out. And they're like, hey, just, you know, by the way, the next day, that wasn't beer. We were filling them with water. <laughs> Did you notice every can you op- uh, that you had was already opened? So <laughs> I've oh. also been high enough to be like, how long is this going to last? Like, how long am I going to be high for? <laughs> yeah. I had that after the edible one time. I was just like, man, this is <laughs> this is insane. Uh, so next story here. Got super high at a party at my buddy's apartment complex. The night ended, and I crashed at his house. I woke up the next morning and felt a little weirder than usual. Nothing looked familiar, and I felt out of whack. Turns out it wasn't my buddy's apartment, but another apartment in the complex. Wasn't even the apartment next door. Got out of there as fast as possible. Still not 100%, 100% sure how I got there. I hope I was invited at least. This is the Ryan Russillo effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least this this person at least probably had all their clothes on. I assume. You would hope so. <laughs> I mean, you wake up in your underwear, just like slouched over on the couch. It's like, man, when did my buddy's couch become white? Like, why did you have a, a white couch with all these weird pictures? Like, who's right. this girl? It's like, you know, a kid and you're having a sleepover and you wake up and you have that shock moment. Or maybe you're an adult and you're having a sleepover and you have that shock moment of like, where am I? But then usually, at least for me, I kind of come to and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm at this person's house. Mm-hmm. To wake up and that not wear off would be terrifying. Ugh. Like, I don't actually know where I am. I've, luckily, I've never done that. And the fact that you wake up and just know it feels weird, like, mm-hmm. mm, this is a little bit of a different environment. <laughs> but then to get out of bed and be like, man, this is still weird. I still don't recognize this place. <laughs> Mm-mm. I'm also I'm assuming that they don't know this other person. I guess maybe they they knew the other apartment they woke in woke up in. No, that's what he says. He has no idea who the other. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it wasn't my buddy's apartment. It was another apartment complex. Not even the apartment next door. <laughs> so this rough. dude was just trekking down the hall, or you know, outside, and was like, "I think this is my place." It gets tough at some of those apartment complexes. Yeah, everything looks the same. And especially if it's in like a square or something, you're just like, I don't know what part of the uh-huh. square I started at. Yeah. I probably walked around this place twice. Mm-hmm. Or a dorm room sometimes. Oh, big time. Yep. That one I can relate to, actually. Yeah, that's tough. I hope, I guess he got out. So congratulations to him. Have you ever yeah, woken he's up? He's to tell the story. That's good. <laughs> Have you ever yeah. woken up at a stranger's house? Um, I haven't. I've accidentally walked into the wrong dorm room though in college. I hit the wrong floor. I, I walked to the right like number of the room. I think it was like 725, but I'd walked in like a 925 or an 825 and it was like, Ooh, uh, what's up ladies? Not my apartment. See you later. I've walked into the wrong bathroom uh, a couple different times. Oh, which I mean, 2022, that's not even an issue anymore. You know, here's it's like, thing. Hey, I identify this way. I'm here now. That is something that actually needs to be talked about. Why is it just not like a universal, hey, when you got to go to the restroom, the girl's on the left, the guy's on the right? It is so confusing when you walk into a place and it's like, actually, the guy's on the left, the girl's on the right. Because I about did it uh, last week. I would go to just walk into, you know, Target bathroom thinking, okay, this way is the guys. That was the girls. I about bumped into a lady trying to get into like, because it's like one of those doorless bathrooms where you just take the curve. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. And I was like, ah, wrong bathroom as well. I am super sorry. And she's like, yeah, no kidding. It's like, ooh, excuse me. Just Back in my college days, uh, I had a couple minutes before class and I had to take shit. So it was like, I wasn't real familiar with the campus. It's my first semester on that campus. And I'm like looking around for a bathroom everywhere. Like, I've got to go to the bathroom. And then I finally, like, I go, I walk in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, this is kind of a weird setup. 
Yeah. So I go. And I it use smells the bathroom. Good in here. And you know, I, I walk out and then it's like it's fine, whatever. And then about two weeks later, same situation, same area, I go to walk into the bathroom and then I realize this is a women's bathroom. It's got the little lady on the front of it. And it was a weird setup because I immediately got in there and thought, Wow, no urinals? Like this is this is weird, but I gotta go. Hey, here's the thing. I had taken a massive shit in a women's bathroom in college. Hey, if you're gonna do it though, that's a place to do it in a women's bathroom. Because they're not you're already in the you're already sitting on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Now if you do walk into a girl's bathroom and it's too late because you hear someone walking behind you, you have to sit to pee. You can't stand they'll be like, Why is that so loud? <laughs> right. They're gonna look underneath and be like, Those are not women's feet or shoes. Right. Yeah. So if you do find yourself in that situation, you gotta sit to pee, pal. <laughs> Sounds like you've maybe done it. No, I just was thinking about that about as it. we were telling your story. Yeah. I mean, if I have to take a poop, I've thought about it. I was just going to the women's bathroom. One, I know it's going to be clean. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. If you have to poop now in like a public restroom and you walk into a guy's room, like a guy's restroom, it is just disgusting how little some guys care. It's like, man, we're not going to be like, yo, this dude took a massive dump. This dude's super cool. No, <laughs> it's fucking nasty. Women are at least subtle about it. For the most part. Yeah. I will say if I did go into a woman's bathroom and she was having like one of those tooting contests next to me and it's all over, that'd be a little nasty. <laughs> I think it's pretty nasty regardless of who's next. One hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one, uh, again, some of the listeners submitted the highest I've ever been. Uh, did weed for the first time ever to help deal with my anxiety? And it says honestly. So like, yeah, some people say it. Like, oh, that's what I'm using it for. But really, I uh, did it to deal with some anxiety. Well, I ate too much, and it made me so paranoid that I locked myself in the attic and wouldn't come down, quote, until they went away. <laughs> no idea who they were, but my wife was seconds away from calling 911 when I finally came down. She said I came down like nothing had happened and went straight to bed. By the way, we do not have a finished attic or an attic that we use often. I had had to have been standing or sitting on baseboards and covered in insulation. <laughs> it just hopped back in and just hopped back in bed. I've been so high before that I it got paranoid and was like, I got to get away. I got to get away. Even the story I shared yesterday when we were tailgating, it's like, I'm going to sit in the truck for a little bit. Like, I don't want people looking at me. I don't want anyone to recognize me. And also, uh, yeah, other people were starting to get paranoid too. So it's like, hey, the cops might be coming. So it's like, I'm just going to sit in the truck for a little bit. <laughs> I've never been so high that I'm like, I got to get to the attic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder how like it wasn't one of those ladders too, that, like, right, folds that's what over I'm thinking too and you just like hit yourself like oh they're coming like Clark Griswold up there in the attic <laughs> yeah. just sitting there like watching old home movies and then you're like yeah I'm good you know what I'm calm I'm ready to go down now those are the kind of stories I want to hear from police officers like yeah I had to go to this guy's house because he was high hiding in the attic and his wife was just paranoid and all of a sudden he just comes down and hops in bed like no big deal <laughs> right? sounds like that night we were drunk at the hotel room and I had accidentally locked you out <laughs> and then just open the door and be like, bro, what's up? And just <laughs> yeah. hopped in bed like nothing had happened. Exactly. Just uh, so our listeners know, if you turn that little deadbolt that's inside your hotel room, yep, no one can open it. They don't have a key for it at the hotel. Which your is key stupid. card won't work for it. They have to call the fucking fire department to get that door open. Especially if the person you're rooming with is in there passed out and will not pick up the phone. Drunk off his ass. <laughs> yeah. Let yeah. me at least put that out there. And having <laughs> I, a crazy dream that I was playing for KU, just absolutely dominating in basketball. Right, and congratulations to KU. You now definitely have the best coach in college basketball. 100%. Yep, uh, last story here that we got from a listener. First time getting high, I was in high school and snuck out to the desert with a friend. Came home late and felt like I actually didn't get high. Turned on the shower and was waiting for it to get hot, so it started. So I started a documentary on Abraham Lincoln. After a while, I went to check if the shower hot was hot and it was ice cold. Went back and checked Netflix, and I had watched 45 minutes of the documentary and had no idea. Time I, flies when you are high, baby. <laughs> I, yeah, one of the first times I ever got high, I turned into a zombie. And um, much like we talked about with you, where you just like sunk into the couch. Yeah, that was me too. The first time I ever did it, and uh, I was at a Christmas party. Like a couple guys I knew were having a Christmas party, and we were there, and I smoked. And they even asked me, like, "Hey, have you smoked before?" Like, this is pretty strong stuff. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, like I'm good." 
Never. I had never before in my life smoked any marijuana or done any edibles. Very first time. Like, I barely knew how to inhale. Uh, and I'm taking hits off this thing. And they're like, I, I hope you're pretty experienced because I'm taking like three or four rips. And this is strong stuff. I'm like, I'm good. I'm like 18 years old. And then, I, like, I go and I start to feel the effects of it. And I'm like, I'm just going to sit on the couch for a while. Fucking three hours later, like, everyone else has left the party. The, uh, but I didn't, like, pass out or anything. I'm just sitting there and, like, watching people leave. But I can't get up. I cannot move from the position I'm in. And so literally, like, three, two, three hours later, most of the people are gone. And then I could finally walk again. And I was like, I need to go home. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Put your ass back on that couch. That's where you're sleeping at night. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I can't argue. I can barely just walk. I falls back down. <laughs> I'm just right back on the couch. Uh, so I get that one. I've also known a guy who told me a story one time of a similar thing happened to him where he got super high or drunk, I don't remember, and passed out on his couch, was getting ready to take a shower, wakes up from being passed out, goes to a shower, it's still running, and it was cold, so he's like, ah, whatever. Doesn't turn it off, goes back, passes out again, wakes up in the morning, and he's in the shower now. So at some point, he had decided, I'm going to take a shower. But he was sitting in the shower, just sitting there letting it hit him, and the water was warm again. I don't even know if that's true or possible. Like he'd passed out, water was cold. He was like, no. And then got up eventually, went in, took a shower, was sitting there, woke up from his slumber, and the water was warm again. That's how long that it took him. Dang. I, I also, got real drunk in college one time and just left a party early from too much jungle juice and hmm. just blacked out in the shower and just like fell asleep in the shower when I was running. And my I've roommate, never done like, that. had to find me. I'm afraid I would drown. I can't swim. Well, I mean, the water wasn't hitting me in the mouth. Like, <coughs> takes one inch of water, six, uh, half an inch. It's even less. It is it's scary stuff. So, do you just scary. have like a panic attack every time you take a shower? Like, I don't. Don't drown. Don't drown. Like, if water gets in your mouth, are you just like? <gasps> no. If it's here's a. Do you face the shower head or do you face the other way? A little bit of both. Same. People are like, "What? You rotate?" Like, yeah, dude, I'm all over that shower. I'm dancing, singing. People question that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all. Some people just get in and face one. They're like, they're scared they're going to slip. I have a detachable shower head, too, so I'm I'm all over the place. Sometimes I get sideways in that motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm front ways, back ways, sideways. Why'd you give me that look? I don't know. Sideways, not (laughs) much. Because we're talking about my shower routine. A little lip curl or something. I have the same shower routine every day. Every day. The same shower routine? Every single day. Well, now, I mean, now we got to hear it. Head to toe. I rinse from toe to head. I wash from head to toe. But I mean, I'm I'm hitting the same parts every day, probably the same time. It's I probably need to. Are you a routine based person? I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. And uh, so, if someone was like person. tracking your every move, they'd be like, "God, this dude is just yep, eight thirty-seven. There he is." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably it's like seven thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Every day. I also knew a guy who um, got too high at a music festival, and um, he was seeing one of his favorite artists play, and um, he went with a group, and he was like, hey, just like so you guys know, I'm not eating tonight. I'm trying to get pretty fucked up for this concert. Like, I I want to see, I think it was Tyler Childers, he said, that uh-huh. he was seeing, and he was like, this is my favorite artist. I want to be pretty fucked up for when he's on stage. <laughs> I want to see this. So he didn't eat dinner that night on purpose so he could get fucked oh up. Oh, my gosh. And then drank a shitload of uh, Bud Heavies at the music festival and then ran into a little bit of weed as well and got really drunk, got really high, almost lost the ability to walk. <laughs> Fell down while leaving the music festival. Had to be picked up um, by his brother and his brother's fiance uh-huh. at the time. Almost got in a fight with a guy because he was not being nice to people and like this dude was just like why aren't we all just being nice to one another right now and so like falls down leaving the music festival goes back to the hotel realizes um that he had left his phone in the other person's room so walks to that other person's room i don't think he had clothes on and it's just like hey i need my phone gets his phone goes back to his room and then the next morning even uh, they had planned on leaving a little bit early knock on the door this person's not ready to go. And his brother was like, hey, like we're, 
we're packing up, we're ready to go. The shower was still running from the night before because homeboy thought he was going to take a shower and then go to sleep, but he had passed out. Um, mm. Actually, it was after his shower. And if you're wondering why I know so many details, it was me. I got too drunk and too high at a Tyler Childers concert, almost lost the ability to walk, <laughs> almost got into a fight with the guy because he bumped into me, and I was just like, hey, like no problem, man. Like We're all cool. He was not cool. And I just I could not comprehend at the time why someone would want to be rude. I thought we were all having the time of our life. You would then, think. Yeah. And then uh, took a shower that night. Didn't even dry off, actually. <laughs> I just I took a shower, went and laid in bed, passed out, still wet and cold, and then the next morning get a knock on the door of like, hey man, we're we're supposed to leave, and I'm like, yeah, I was just finishing getting ready. Shower was still running. By the way, I had not packed. I had not. I mean, I didn't even dry off. And then we had to drive from like Montana to Wyoming or something, like an eight-hour drive. That's <laughs> that's one of the most fucked up I've ever been to. It's a good time though. Tyler Childers, if you can see him live, do it. Yeah, it seems like it was a great time. <laughs> if you're a Tyler Childers the fan, the one event I've missed with you guys in two years, that was a brutal one. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. I just watched the entire Godfather series that week. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was a good time. Uh, hopefully you guys have had a good time today as well. But that's it for us today. Big Country and I are going to be back right here, same time, same place tomorrow, 10 a.m. Central Time, right in the call-in app, the best place to get the show because you get in on the comments, on the chat. Um, yeah, I, I, I pulled some twists that night. It was a fun night. Uh, but like I said, you get the chat which I think is the best feature. You get us here live. You get to react to the stories. You get to um, comment, question them too. So join us tomorrow, 10 a.m. Central Time, right in the call-in app. Thanks for joining us today. Talk to you guys later.